Hello, and thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. So as the new year begins, I can't help but think about things like self-improvement or ways that I could be better this year. I think many of us probably do that because that's just what you do at the new year. You think about all the things you wished you would have done looking into the future, how can I do better? But for me, no matter what I do, every year, it's this same feeling, kind of about now, as the new year has begun, this sense that, especially as I'm getting older, that I've somehow lost ground, and I know I could have done so much better in this past year. It just has this sort of melancholy feeling. I don't know, does anyone experience that, kind of about this time of the new year, thinking like, You know, January 1, you're like, yes, I'm going to crush this year. This is going to be my year. And then by about the first week of January, it's like, you know what? All I've done is lost ground the last year. I kind of have a sense that this year is going to be the same. Um, And so as I have gotten older, I've learned not to set my sights so high. And more and more, I'm realizing how important it is to just stick to the basics. Um, One of my teachers in high school used to always say, follow the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Keep things simple. Like Sometimes we we have these grandiose ideas um, of what what we should be doing in this new year. And so I've been thinking about a lot the last few years of my life. What are the basics of being a follower of Jesus? What are the fundamentals? What are the things that are foundational, that have stood the test of time, that are scriptural, that have just always worked, that as a follower of Christ, I must be doing? Kind of the non-negotiables. And one of them that I've come back to over and over again, and this is not rocket science by any means, is that we have to be people of the Word. We have to be in our Bibles. Maybe that's one of the most, maybe that is the most important, is that we need to be in the Word. And so, with this in mind, I have this uh, scheme for us for this year that every month, the first Sunday of the month, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it chapter and verse of the month. And we're going to pick one chapter. I've picked out 12 chapters for the whole year, one a month. 12 chapters that I think are are like the the top 10, top 10 chapters of the Bible. If you're not reading these, if you don't know these, you need to be, okay? And it makes a nice acronym, C-A-V-O-T-H-M, chapter and verse of the month. And you're probably wondering, well, where do you get the H? Well, I threw the H in because then it makes a word. (laughs) It's a made-up word, but it makes a word. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Kavotham. 
That's, that was one of those light bulb moments you have in the middle of the night where it's like, this is, this is incredible. There, people are going to be amazed. And then the next morning you're like, ah, that's the dumbest idea. But I ran with it because I thought at least it'd be memorable. So every first Sunday of the month, we're calling it Kavotham. Doesn't that sound like a good, isn't that a nice word? Doesn't that have a nice ring to it? <laughs> chapter and verse of the month. So every month, we're going to pick one chapter, and we're going to stick with it. And I would like you, during that month, so during this month, there's going to be a chapter for you to focus on. I'm not saying it's the only chapter you read, but I'd like you to go back to it over and over again. Think about it, pray about it, journal about it. And every, every month, I'm going to have one verse as a suggested verse to memorize. Memorizing scripture is a lost art, isn't it? It's, it seems like it's, it's drifted away in our world. But when I was a kid, when my parents were kids, that's what you did. You memorized scripture. It's good for us. It, it changes the way we think. What do they say? You have up to 60,000 thoughts a day or more. 70,000 thoughts a day. We probably should be filling those thoughts with some good things. So memorizing scripture is one way to do that. So every month there's going to be one verse that I'm going to recommend you memorize. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to preach about it, and then I'm going to ask you to think about it, journal about it, work through it. And then one day a month, probably the last Saturday, so this month, January 27th at 7 p.m., I'm going to invite whoever would like to. We're just going to meet here in the sanctuary or somewhere in the church, and we're just going to sit down and talk about it. What has God said to you during this month as you've, met, as you've studied this? What has God said to you? How, how have you applied it to your life? We're just going to talk about it. And we're also still trying to figure this out. I'd like to find a way to do that digitally. Is there a way that we could have an online sort of discussion group where during the month if someone finds a resource or if someone see something really amazing, they can share that with a larger group. So stay tuned. I haven't totally figured out how to do that. Um, we've looked at a number of options. Someone said a Facebook group might be a great way to do it. Um, if you're a techie and you have an idea how to do that, um, I see a hand up there. I see that hand. Uh, let me know because I think it'd be a really neat thing for us to do, just to have a way where you can be discussing this through the month. Does that make sense so far? But there's one thing we're going to do a little bit different. Every time we, we pick a chapter, I'm going to try to answer the same three questions about each chapter. And the reason I want to do that is I want to help us all to kind of learn how to read Scripture. Um, and you say, well, I know how to read Scripture. Yeah, but we can do better, I think. And so these three questions help us to, to notice God, to notice what God is saying. But more importantly, these three questions help us to realize, well, what is the scripture saying to me? How can I apply it to my life? Because I think it was someone really important said something like, obedience really matters. You know, knowledge is good, but Jesus said, it's not the ones who know my word that are my children. It's the ones who obey. Obedience is greater than knowledge. Jesus wants us to obey. So I hope that these three questions will help us to do that. So you ask, why do we want to do this, Pastor Dave? For 12 months, why are we doing this? 
Because we have to be, we need to be in the Word. If you're not, you will lose your anchor. You will lose your way. You must be in the Word of God. You must be thinking about it. You must be praying it about it. And you must be asking, how does this apply to me? How must I live based on what I've just read? Sometimes we don't spend quality time with the Word. We, we do our Bible reading plan, we read through the passages, and we move on with our day. That's great. That's a good thing. If you're doing that, don't stop. But sometimes we need to go deeper. So I'm encouraging us, as you read your Bible, go deeper. Because more and more we're living in a world where truth does not matter. Where my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. Where right is wrong, where up is down, where left is right. We're living in a world that truth doesn't matter anymore. But we need to know the truth, so we need to be in our, word, in our Bible. So the chapter for today is John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 1. And I've chosen the first 18 verses to read this morning, to talk about, because if you look, John chapter 1 is a really long chapter. So if you want level 1 this month, just do the first 18 verses. If you think you're hardcore, go for the whole chapter. It's a bit of a longer chapter. And the verse that I would encourage you to memorize is John 1, verse 12. Of course, you can memorize more if you're good at memorizing. But if, if you just want to memorize one verse, level 1, John 1, verse 12. So sometime this month, spend some time memorizing that verse. And I would encourage you this month, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, read it often, meditate on it, journal about it. Some people find it helpful to write out Scripture. Copy it into your journal. Copy those 18 verses in. But spend lots of time looking at this Scripture. So let's read it together. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word. And just to make it a bit simpler, the word word is, is capitalized because it's referring to Christ. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, through, and though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him, did not recognize him, sorry. He came to that which which his own, but, he did, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So there's three questions I'd like us to consider. And there's other questions you could ask and depending on where you're at in life and what pops out to you, you might answer these three questions very differently. But I want to use these questions as a way to model a way of reading scripture that is healthy, God-centered, and as I've already said, pushes us to apply what we have learned and read. By the end of the year, we'll all be more than capable of doing this on our own. And I might even ask some of you to get up here and lead one of these Sundays. So I have a little handout. I hope I made enough. My assistants are waiting patiently in the front row <laughs> to hand these out. Guys, if you could try to hand these out to everybody, please. Thanks for your enthusiasm. <laughs> Here. All right. That's what you get for sitting in the front row, I guess. So if I haven't got enough, maybe if you to share one with a neighbor, but I think there should be enough. I kind of lost track how many I made. So there's three questions. The first one is, what does this story teach us about God, his character, and what he does? The second question is, what do we learn about people, including ourselves, from this story? And the last one, how will you apply God's truth from this story in your life this week? What is a specific action or thing you will do? Did everyone get one who wants one? If you didn't get one, can you raise your hand and you'd like one? <clears throat> okay, the first question, what does this story teach us about God, his character, and what he does? And I just want to share with you what came to my mind as I read this scripture over the last couple of weeks, thought about it, meditated on it, what did I feel like God was saying to me? So I wouldn't necessarily call this a sermon. I just want to model to you what I felt God was saying to me so that when you go and do it, um, you've kind of got a feel for what it looks like. Okay? So what does this story teach us about God, his character, and what he does? There's a lot going on in this passage. In, in fact, I'd say it's kind of a hard passage to even read in public because it's just, there's so much, it's so dense in what, the writer is saying. 
So I picked out what jumped out to me. And I would encourage you to read it yourself, meditate on it, what sticks out to you. So for the first question, three things kind of jumped out at me. The first one is that God is pure, holy, and uncontainable. God the Father is above and beyond everything and anything in all creation. Verse 18 says that no one has ever seen God. God is mysterious and powerful. Sometimes I think we think we understand God. We, we may not know all the details, we think, but we think, well, at least I know the outline. You know, I couldn't draw all the details in the middle, but I, I can pretty much put God in a box. I, I know what he's like. Totally wrong. He is so far and above our understanding and capacity. He's uncontainable. The biggest box you could draw wouldn't be big enough. What's that old hymn that says, you know, if, if all the oceans were ink and all, every, every man a scribe, how does that go? You could sing for all eternity or write for all eternity and you still wouldn't have God figured out? You wouldn't be able to write enough? Or it's talking about his love, maybe I forget. But that's what God is. Undescribable. Uncontainable. You cannot put him in a box. You, you don't understand him. You haven't got him figured out. God is incredible. He is so far beyond us. So that's the first thing that stuck out to me. God is pure, holy. He's uncontainable. The second thing that jumped out at me is that God loves us. He loves us so much. He knew our need of a Savior, and so he sent his Son. He sent the Word into the world. He sent his light into the world to rescue us, to, to reach out to us, to show us the way. Because he knew on our own there was nothing we could do to be saved. We were lost. I, I was lost. Unless God sent his light into my life, I was lost. We needed a light bulb to be turned on. We needed a, a God moment where God shines his light in our life. So that's the second thing that jumped out at me. God loves us. First thing, God is uncontainable. And the third thing that really spoke to me is that God is a God who acts. He doesn't sit idly while we, while we drown. He reaches out to us. He offers help. He sends his son. He comes to meet us where we are. He sent his son for us, knowing that he would be rejected, that he would eventually be killed, that he would be sacrificed. But he sent him. Verse 11 says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. God acted knowing that his son would be rejected. Yet for those who do receive, those who did turn to God, God makes us children. Because of Christ, we can become God's kids. We don't just have a God. We have a Father, a Heavenly Father. We are his children. So three things that jumped out at me from that question. What does this story teach us about God, his character, and what he does? God is uncontainable. God loves us. And God is a God who acts. The next question. What do we learn about people including ourselves, from this story. This is what jumped out to me. People in this world 
myself included, my natural state is to reject God. I was born to rebel. I was born to push against. We are broken people, selfish, willful, and at the very core, we, we are disobedient. Kind of a side thought, we shouldn't be surprised when people who don't know, yet know God don't want to listen. It shouldn't surprise us that they want to be disobedient. We shouldn't be surprised when they reject him. If they don't see God as their father, if they've not been born again, they're not going to listen to the Bible. They don't believe yet. They're not there. They're, they're like we were, broken, disobedient. They, they, their natural state is to reject God. But I think that even for us who have been born again, there's something still inside of me that left unchallenged will draw me away from God. If I don't pursue God, unfortunately I don't stay where I'm at, I decline. And it's kind of like getting older. If you don't stay active, if you don't stay exercising, Unfortunately, I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to plateau and stay there. I know it's a surprise to many, but it's, you're going to get worse. You don't get more flexible as you age, right? It doesn't get easier and easier to exercise. It gets harder and you have to keep pushing yourself. I, I like to exercise. I like to run, I like to lift weights when I can, I like to hit the punching bag when I can. Um, had a, took about three weeks off over holidays to not exercise, and I'm still pretty young, I'd say. I've only seen 47 New Year's. Uh, but it's hard to get back into moving when you haven't done anything for three weeks. It's the same with our faith. If we don't pursue, if we don't seek God, you will decay. Has anyone experienced that? Am I the only one? There's a few hands, a few honest people, right? If we don't pursue God, our natural state as people is to decay. Your, your faith will, will wane. Your, your, your desire to be obedient will wane. It just, it just happens. We have to push in. We have to seek God. We have to believe. As, as it says, uh, in verse 12, the one I'm asking you to memorize, to those who believed in his name. We have to believe. We have to push into God. So that's the second question done. The third question, how will you apply God's truth from this story in your life this week? And I think these questions get harder to answer. Harder to answer. Number one is pretty easy. Number two is a bit harder. But number three is not always an easy question to answer. How do I apply this truth to my life. But trust me when I say this, the more you do this, it's like building a muscle. It will get easier. Because For many of us, if I just cold turkey asked you this question, how do we apply the scripture to our life? It's, it's not always straightforward. It's not always easy. But I believe it's something that we can learn, that we can get better at. How do we apply this truth to our life? So I'm going to share with you what I felt God was saying to me. So from verse 12, I'll read verse 12 again. It says, Yet to all who did receive him, 
to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I felt very convicted. I felt like there's something that I need to grow in. Especially recently in these, in these past couple of years, this has been a battleground for me. Believe. And I'm not talking about the big things. I'm not talking about, it's not that I don't believe in God. It's not that I don't believe that, I, that my eternal destination is secure. The big picture things, no problem. Yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe I'm saved. Yes, I believe that I'm going to be with God in eternity. But it's the little things that I've been struggling with. Do I really believe God is watching over me? Do I really believe that God's going to provide for my needs and for my family? That he has the best in mind? Do I really believe that God's got a plan? I've said to some of you, it'd be so much easier if God would just listen to me. God, if you would just do things how I think they need to be done and do them now, man, it'd be so much easier just to be like, yep, God's awesome. But I've struggled lately. God, this is not falling together like I think it should. Do I truly believe? If you, if you want to turn for a sec to Hebrews chapter 11, talking about faith and belief. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Verse 2, for, it is, for by it the people of old received their commendation. If I see it, if it's easy, it's not faith. That's not, God's not calling me to that, to believe in what's already there. He's calling me to believe in the things that I don't see, the things that I don't understand. So that's how I need to apply this to my life. Dave, believe. Not because it makes sense, not because it adds up for you. And I, I used to be a scientist. I have a brain that needs evidence. I like things to be provable, measurable. But that's not how this works, is it? God wants me to believe. Dave, believe. And here's the cool thing. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I've got a heavenly father. What do fathers want for their children? What is the heart of the father for his children? I believe it's, he wants the best for me. Does he want the easiest for me? Any dads out there, do you want everything to be easy for your kids? What happens when everything's easy? You ever seen a spoiled kid before? Like really spoiled? Entitled? On our trip, I saw a little boy with his dad, and my heart broke for this dad. 
This was the quintessential spoiled kid. And he was kicking his dad in the shins because his dad wouldn't give him what he wanted. I mean, it was, it was like funny, but also sad and terrifying at the same time. My Heavenly Father wants the best for me. But that may not mean the easiest and exactly what I want. I need to just trust in Him. I need to believe. So for me, the application point, the thing that I need to do is believe. I need to trust. And so I challenge you this month to engage with John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. As I said before, there's a lot more to this chapter. It's a long chapter. Read it, memorize it, journal about it. Think about those three questions. Try to answer them for yourself. And I hope soon we'll have some ideas for kind of an online discussion where you can share that or share questions or ideas. I'm looking forward to being a part of that. But we will plan on, on gathering at the end of the month, January 27th at 7 p.m. There'll be reminders out at some point. Don't worry about that. But I really encourage you to dig deep. Dig into the Word. Dig into the truth. Would you just bow your heads and we'll close and I'll ask the worship team to come back up. Lord, we thank you so much for your Word that teaches us, that guides us, that directs us. God, I ask that as we engage with this Scripture this month, Lord, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, help us to see clearly. Help us to understand. Help us to know what it means. Help us to know how to be obedient. Help us to learn and grow in our faith. Help us to know you more because of it. I just pray for my dear friends, my brothers, my sisters here. Lord, and I ask with every ounce of faith that I have that you would speak to them through this word that your scripture would come alive. Open their hearts and minds, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.